Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Protests have been breaking out across Iran after a woman was killed by the country's morality police. How is the U.S. responding? How will this impact the United States' hope for re-entering the Iran nuclear deal? And most important to me, what is it that we have learned from the women of Iran, of Russia, of Ukraine, of Afghanistan about bravery and courage? And is our support here in the United States just rhetoric? Or are we really going to stand with those who are showing what a profile in courage actually looks like? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We're really pleased to have joining us on the program once again, Amos Giora from the University of Utah. And uh, Amos, we we always look to you for for all things when we look at this region of the world. And uh, Iran has been in the news a lot of late. Uh, the protests that have been going on. Uh, just give us some some perspective in terms of what this is looking like, what lessons we need to be looking for. Uh, and then we'll start getting into how does this impact other things like the Iran nuclear deal and, and other uh, international relationships. I think that um, straight to the point, nice to have nice to be on your show, but straight to the point. I think that that this so-called hijab demonstration or hijab demonstrations um, has obviously caught the regime totally by surprise as evidenced by what can only be defined as an utter and total overreaction. And I think that the demonstrators, primarily women, as I understand, who are taking to the street to demonstrate against the so-called modesty police is a powerful example of brave and courageous voices that speaks loudly as to the what is an obviously a horrible regime. And the fact that they are taking to the streets, I'm sure fully aware of the, of the possible consequences, is really a testament to their bravery. By the way, in parentheses, not unlike the courage of, of the Russians who are protesting the, the so-called mass mobilization in Russia, they too understand the fate that awaits them by demonstrating against their regime. These are genuinely brave and courageous people in the face of horrific regime. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. 
I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I want to get to the reaction, uh, what we're doing here in the U.S. in response to that courage, uh, to those voices being raised in, in those places. And let's start with Iran. Uh, if you look back to, to 2009, some of those anti-government rallies that took place, uh, President Obama uh, hesitated a little bit early on, uh, and uh, the impact of that was was interesting to fall out. What should we be watching for uh, now in terms of the U.S. reaction to what's going on inside of Iran? So, as always, you ask the question. The U.S. reaction is tepid, I think would be the best word, mm-hmm. and I assume the tepidness, I don't know if that's an adjective, is predicated, I would think, on the nascent yes-no nuclear deal and the desire not to unnecessarily irritate this god-awful regime. But I remind you, it's not the first time. Years back, when the you know the students had taken to the streets in Tehran, when President Clinton was president, mm. there was a sense amongst the 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 students, the young people in Iran, that President Clinton was really going to be all in on their behalf. And at the critical moment, he backed off. Mm. And you said that Obama was, was timid, tepid, um, cautious, whichever adjective you want. And I don't really get a sense that President Biden, who I have no doubt understands this is a powerful moment, um, is you know kind of t- uh, going into the cold water or the lukewarm water with, with toes first rather than all in. And I assume that's because of the nuclear deal and obviously because the geopolitics, as always, are really complicated. But, you know, empty words are nothing more than empty words, which I would imagine also really irritate those who are, you know, putting their lives at risk. Same in Russia, by the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I I do think there is that increasing question uh, around the world in all of these places of is is the United States really with us when they say they're with us? You know, they'll, they'll cheer us on, uh, but then if they sort of pull back at the critical moment, uh, that's that's not really the, the test point. <laughs> it's when... No, uh, it, it's... You're right. It's, empty words are empty words, right? I mean, we can all write, you know, press releases and give those, those words, Um would the U.S., for instance, in response to what are absolutely clear violations of civil and human rights, uh, amp up the pressure of sanctions? Right. Or is the U.S. concerned that if you amp up the pressure of sanctions, then you will push the Iranians away from the nuclear deal? And is the nuclear deal more important to you than uh, – this will sound crass, I know. But is the nuclear deal more important than, than 55, 60 people killed? I mean, I, yeah. I, I understand the cost-benefit. I get the cold analysis. It's Machiavellian. I get that. On the other hand – um, the U.S., which has always insisted on it, is the voice for democracy and the voice for human rights, blah, blah. I remind you that Clinton said after his presidency was over that his greatest regret was not Ms. Lewinsky, but his greatest regret was not acting um, aggressively in Rwanda. Mm. And does that mean, fast forward, that when Biden, whether he finishes in uh, 
whenever he finishes his presidency, will will say, well, you know, my great regret was not being more aggressive with respect to Iran. Or will he say, well, I, yes, I hedged my bets because of the larger nuclear issue, which was frankly more more important strategically than this particular demonstration. Yeah, such a. Such but a, what it does suggest, what it does suggest, though, is that I, the United States loves to claim the mantle of the powerful voice on behalf of the vulnerable. That may be a nice mantra, but it's not necessarily actually true. Yeah, you, you have to be able to walk the walk uh, on that one, and uh, not just the uh, rhetorical rhetoric that. Uh Sounds great. Is good exactly. in sound bites and, and posts. I wanted to ask you specifically. You raised this this whole area of uh, of courage and character. Uh, there was a great piece in the New York Times today talking about women taking center stage in the anti government protest uh, in Iran. We've we've also seen right. the the mothers and women in Russia are the ones taking to the streets. We saw the women of Afghanistan uh, after Absolutely. after two decades. Uh, it, is uh, this is where I'm headed? Is uh, I think that the uh, the real courageous voice for freedom uh, is being found in the action of of women uh, in each of these 100%. countries. One hundred percent. And I think that it. Um, I mean, these are really brave and courageous people who well understand that there's a high risk that they're going to die. They understand they're going. They may well die. They never speak for themselves. Um, and regardless of that, they're willing to take to the streets. This really is courage. And the same in Russia. I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like for a woman to be arrested either in, in Iran or in Russia. I mean, mm. It strikes me, I, this again, I'm probably 10% exaggerating. I don't know what's worse, to be killed or to be arrested, because mm. Miranda rights aren't going to play in either place. Right. And you are at the height of your vulnerability as a woman in both places, and yet they're out there. And it really is... It, you know, I always think back to Kennedy's profiles in courage. Mm -hmm. These are profiles in courage. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. Uh, great insight as always. Anything else uh, that maybe is a little under the radar as it relates uh, particularly to what's going on in Iran, those protests, how that might not just impact the nuclear deal, but we also know that we've got uh, Iranian drones being shipped into Russia that are being used against Ukraine. And here's the answer to that is that that ties into I think why Biden is so careful in the context of the geopolitics. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it seems that uh, all of those calculations get played in, and uh, I, I worry that the analysis paralysis uh, may prevent us from standing shoulder to shoulder uh, with those that are showing what bravery and, and courage actually looks like. Uh, I'm going to use your quote in my class, analysis by paralysis or paralysis by analysis. Wow, by Boyd Matheson. Like <laughs> all right, my friend, I like that. Uh, Amos Giorg, we always appreciate the conversation. Always takes us to good places. We appreciate it, and uh, we will have you back. Thanks for having soon. me, as always. Courage is what courage does. And to the women of Iran and Russia, Afghanistan, Ukraine, and others, it's up to us here in the United States to not just cheer from the sidelines. We have to make sure that we're doing the same thing that we're standing with courage and that we're making sure that our leaders in government are leading with courage to support the courage that they're using to drive and keep the flame of freedom going around the world. That's something for all of us to think about. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. 
Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.